Good morning. Good to have you here on this beautiful, uh, well, actually, it's the last Sunday in June. So we're glad that you're here. If you are visiting with us, we're glad that you're here as well. And to those who are seeing us on Zoom, we want to welcome all of you here. Um, as far as announcements, um, we still have softball going. Um, how, how, how much longer in the season? F- four weeks? Four more games? Playoffs, okay. And, and you guys are doing really well. Um, also, uh, this week, um, of course, we have coffee shop theology and Bible study, but I also want to uh, let you know that next Sunday, the adult Sunday school classes are going to be combining. We're actually going to have coffee and we're going to have um, some little uh, sweet uh, refreshments. Um, could be donuts, just saying, maybe, or some other things. Um, but we're actually, you know, not only just having the, the adult class together, but we're also going to take some time for prayer. And it's not just... Uh, we want it to include the prayers that, that we all have, but we, we, we really need to talk about what's going on in this country and in this world. And so we're going to have a lot of talk about America uh, because it's 4th of July. We need to talk about what's going on and where do we fit in uh, into God's plan uh, for us in this community and in the world. How can we be praying? So that's going to be next week. So um, please come to that. Any other prayer concerns or praises? If not, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, yes. One. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, not prayer concerns. I'm sorry. I I, I know. I'm new at this. I, I just so, uh, yeah, never mind, but we, we'll get there. Any other announcements is what I should have said. I, I, okay. Then let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, as we begin this day, as we begin this service, let everything that we do now revolve around you, that we give glory to you through our words, through our prayers, through our songs, through our very presence. Let everything Glorify you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. We are going to enter into the Lord's presence with some song this morning. And um, if we were to choose our favorite praise songs, um, praise and worship songs, uh, I'm sure this would be one of them, because I know it's someone's favorite, and um, we want to, this is, it's interesting, it's, it's like a hymn, it could be called a hymn, the way it's written with three verses and a chorus, and uh, it's, a, it's, I mean, it's a newer hymn, because it was written back in 1987, that was a few years ago, but not that many, not most of them. So let's let the light of Jesus shine through us. Shine, Jesus, shine.
couple of lively songs and then a quiet one and got to sit down and couldn't wait to do that. <laughs> this uh, is from uh, where first Peter says we should cast all our cares upon Jesus and I just want us to be able to do that as we pre our, prepare our hearts for worship today. Sometimes the pastor wants to just hear another song uh, or hear it again. And, and Judy, thank you for, for picking that. Uh, Daniel, thank you for, for playing that. As we're coming to this time of prayer, we need to know where we can turn our burdens to, and it's to the Lord. And so uh, because he cares, as we go to this time of prayer concerns and praises, 
we'll have a runner uh, help out. And okay, we we have one there and then one there. Did, Debbie, did you have one? Okay. Yes. Uh, Need some prayer. Uh, Kurt fell this morning and is in some pain, so that's why he's not here today. And uh, just need, he needs some prayer. Thank you. Okay, we're we're praying for Kurt. Uh, he fell today, so uh, Debbie's right, right, right there, right? Yeah. No, no, you didn't. Did do you want to? Did you have your tennis shoes on? Did you want to actually run? I was offering to help. Okay, you're offering to help. Okay. Okay, any other prayer concerns or praises? Down front. Oh. Yes, I'd like prayer for my aunt and uncle, uh, Thelma and Arvel Deppen. Okay. Thelma and Arvel. Uh, Arvel was in the hospital uh, this weekend. He's got... Uh, um, pneumonia in one of the lungs. So please pray for him. He is out of the hospital and at home and resting. Uh, also, we want to pray for Ron Lutz, who had surgery uh, on Thursday. He's doing well, but uh, recovery is going a little slow, so please keep him in prayer. Any other prayer concerns or praises that you have? I think that's it. Thank you. You can take the mic back. What a, what a good job. Thank you. Ian, you did a, you did a great job. Um, we also want to pray for Adam. Adam, you, you had broken your arm, right? And it's better. But now you sprained your ankle. So we're praying for you. Okay. So um, praying for you and... Uh, praying for for you and Amy uh, with two boys. So, anyway, um, we also want to remember our country. We want to remember also today. We talked a little bit uh, for those um, in Florida, uh, the collapse building uh, where it's now going into a recovery. We want to pray for those responders. Because as you're going from clearing it out, looking for survivors, and now you're doing recovery, it, it, it takes a toll. And so we want to pray for them. We also, again, want to pray for our men and women in the military, for all that they do for us. So at this time, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, as we come to you, because you care, we can turn our burdens over to you. And Lord, we live now in a world that they just don't know you. And the, some of us who do, sometimes it's just not enough. Because even though we believe, we're not doing anything to prove. And Lord, even though we're saved by calling on your name, we still need to show that we actually love you, which means that we have to be doing our faith. It's not just about believing, but it's about being your hands and your feet, being your eyes and your ears. So Lord, guide us, especially in this day and age where people are turning from you. Lord, let your light shine in us so that people will come to know you Lord, we, we pray for those who have had difficulties this week, those who have recovering from procedures, those who have fallen, those that are hurting. Lord, we lift them up. Lord, we pray on this day for our first responders. We pray for our firefighters, our EMTs, our police officers. We pray for our men and women in the military. And we pray for this country. 
and we pray for the world. Lord, we, know, we don't know your plan, but we do know that you are in charge. We may not know your plans, but that is when you called us, call on all of us to trust you. So Lord, we pray. We pray that give us that you would give us that courage and that wisdom to have that trust in you. And Lord, when we doubt, forgive us. Lord, forgive us of our sins. And help us to do your work for your glory. We pray all of this in Jesus' name who taught us to pray, saying in one voice, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I thought that this would be a good time um, during the summer to take some time to actually do some books maybe we haven't done before. Um, And very seldom do we actually ever preach on Philemon. It's very short. It's it's just one one chapter. Um, And so I thought... This could be something that I would, I would read to you first, and then we're going to go back and forth in Philemon. Um, so I'm going to start at verse 4. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as an understanding and experience of all good things that we have in Christ. 
Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That is why I'm boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do, but because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you. Consider this a request from me, Paul, an old man, and now a also a prisoner for the sake of Jesus Christ. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. I became his father in faith while he was here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I'm sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I am in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you are willing, not because you are forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you can have him back forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is much more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now it will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, write this with my own hand and I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Yes, my brother, please do this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me me this encouragement in Christ. That is where we're going to focus our scripture for today, this clean break um, that we need to be about. What we have here is a slave that has run away, and Onesimus is the one who ran away. For some reason, whatever it was, Onesimus got tired of being a slave. Maybe he was being mistreated by Philemon. We don't know. But for some reason, he has left, he has run away, and he might have even stolen something from Philemon. We're not really sure. But I would think that if you're a slave and you're running away from your, your master, you would need some type of money to get away. But whatever the reason now, Something has changed, and it's changed for both Philemon and Onesimus. The the wonderful thing is that Philemon has come to know the Lord, and Onesimus has come to know the Lord. And so now it should be that you're all on equal ground. So both of them, Philemon and Onesimus has had their time with Paul. They've come to know the Lord. They've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And something has changed in Philemon that now Paul says, you know, I, you're a great comfort to me. In fact, in the first part of Philemon, it's Paul's thanksgiving and prayer, verses 4 through 7 basically is telling Philemon, Philemon, look, I thank God for you. You've been there. You're faithful. You're wonderful. You're, you've always been there. And now, because of your faith, because of your kindness, because of your love, he's telling this to Philemon, He's saying, you've done such a wonderful job. Look at, look at what you've done in your life because of Christ. And then Paul gets to the bottom line of why he's writing the letter. I've got a favor for you to ask. Paul is saying, I know that you had a slave. He ran away. He may have stolen something. But in that time, and we don't know the period of when he ran away, but we do know that at some point, Onesimus came to know 
Christ through Paul. And now he's saying, I'm going to send Onesimus back to you. Now, he's, he's already told Philemon what a wonderful person he is. He's now saying, Onesimus has changed. I'm sending him back not as a slave, but as a brother. And in that, not just a brother, but a brother in Christ. So do you know what they did? Uh, I'm going to ask Chris, because Chris, you're the historian of the group. You're the theologian in residence, um, because I, yeah, as your mom's laughing. uh, Anyway. Um, what did they do to runaway, runaway slaves in that day? The value, because they were property. So if a slave runs away, chances are that you're going to die. Or if you're really good, you're going to suffer at some point. It's not just going to be, hey, you're welcome back, we're glad you're, No. So there was a big risk with Paul sending Onesimus back because he wasn't really sure what Philemon was going to do. But here's the thing. Philemon was a Christian. Something had changed. So Paul decided to take this risk. And Onesimus decided to take this risk. It wasn't just Paul saying, Onesimus, do you think you want to go? Onesimus was willing because if he wasn't willing, Paul wouldn't have been writing this letter. But Onesimus has changed, Philemon has changed, and Paul is saying there's got to be some reconnection. There's got to be some forgiveness, something that you guys can come to and realize that things are well. And in fact, Paul usually had a secretary who would write things, and we're thinking, people think, that Paul's thorn in his side could have been either his eyesight maybe arthritis that he couldn't write. But in this letter, in 19, he actually writes, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay anything that he's taken from you. Charge it to me. Now, I heard a little, uh, someone giggle a little bit when I read, this is Paul's 19, I, Paul, write this with my own hand and I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Now, I kind of giggle at that because it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, has has your mom or dad ever guilted you into something? Um, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say my mom didn't guilt me, uh, but um, my sister and I often joke that my mom could have been a very Jewish uh, mom, the guilt that she had put on. Not that I gave you life. I'm not going to, Charles, I'm not going to mention I gave you life. I'm not going to mention that I took care of you. I'm not going to mention that at all. Well, you did. And this is what Paul did. I, I was like, Paul, I, I'm glad you mentioned that you wouldn't mention it, but you did. But what Paul was trying to say is that Philemon, I knew who you were. Philemon, I knew how, where you were and where you are now. And, I, and Paul shouldn't have to remind him. Paul, he's saying, Philemon, you know who you are. You know that you are saved. You know that you can change. And you know that you have to do the right thing. And so it's up in the air of what Philemon was going to do. We hope, because we don't have the end of the story, we hope that Philemon welcomed Onesimus back. That's what we hope. That everything was perfect once again. The relationship was healed, and Onesimus is no longer a slave, but free. And they are now working together. Philemon was a good, a good guy. So hopefully, he would extend that grace to Onesimus. 
So, now it comes to us. That forgiveness. What happens if an employee burns a bridge in your, your office or whatever, and he quits or he gets fired or, or something happens, and then somewhere down the line, he changes his life around and he finds Christ. As a Christian businessman, would you have him brought back? If that person has changed his life, would you take him back and give him a second chance? Um, Dave, I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, I'm sorry, did I not warn you? No, of course not, because then you wouldn't be here. But by through your own faith and your witness to me, you've given people second chances. Because you know that there were other people who would not get another chance someplace else. And you knew that somewhere in their life, something changed. And you're like, okay, you've changed. Let's do it again. And there have been some times where you've had to let someone go. They've changed, and let, but then they've come back because you have this, you have an incredible heart about you. And so when there was forgiveness, you're like, okay, let's try it again. Now, it wasn't, hey, we're going to forget all the past, or, or you don't have to work. You still have to work, but I'm giving you an opportunity. You're saying that you changed. Let's see. It's that forgiveness. And, and I want to say publicly thank you for your witness to me, because you've been able to show that. Because you've told me yourself you've changed, and I've changed, and we're giving people Chances, because how many chances does God give us daily? How often do we mess up and then we have to go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness? He doesn't say, well, you know, seven times 70. Uh, math people, seven times 70. Or four. I'm looking at my math person in the back. 490? Okay. 490. Okay. So what happens if we got to 490 sins and then God goes, I'm sorry. That's it. No more. And you would say, well, I thought you would give me another chance. You said that you would forgive me of my sins. But if we don't forgive others then how are we living out Christ's commands? God, through Christ, said to love God and love others as ourselves. In fact, in the prayer that we said together, as we, and forgive us of our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us, Now, we don't want to be lying in front of God. Do we actually forgive people? Do we actually, or, or maybe they did something worse to us. And so, now, this is a trick question. Does someone have to ask for forgiveness for you to forgive them? Yes or no? No. I was talking to someone some 20 years ago, and we had an argument about this. He's like, no, no, no. People have to ask me for forgiveness before I can forgive them. I'm like, but, but what about the Lord's Prayer? He says, well, that's different. I said, how is, how is that different? It, we're, we're saying that we ask for forgiveness then we need to forgive others. And he's like, yeah, but, but I think what God really means is that we have, since we are asking for forgiveness, they have to ask for forgiveness. No. What it means is that we have to forgive those who have wronged us, period. We can't hold on to it, because if we do, here's, here's the problem I have. If we cannot forgive, 
How in the world can God forgive us? Think about it for a moment. If we are asking God to forgive us, and yet we're not showing forgiveness, we're in trouble. Paul is asking Philemon to actually get back into a relationship with Onesimus, but something a little bit different, something that is based on faith. You and I get born into communities, and um, that kind of influences how we live. Your family your friends, clubs, neighbors, neighbors all have shaped you somehow into who you are. And so sometimes the world will tell us this is how you treat someone who's wronged you. In fact, there was a, someone had said something about vengeance is a lazy form of grief. He's, He's basically getting into the fact that if we are if we are told by the world this is how you treat someone, when we become a Christian, we are now having to treat people different. Correct? Yes? And how do we do that? We have to reflect Christ to the world. It's not about just going to what the world says. We actually have to change. We have to change who we are. In the world, the world might say, this is how you treat someone when you're over them. This is how you treat them when you have authority of them, and yet Jesus is telling us to treat each other as a dear brother or dear sister. The world tells you to lie and to cheat, to get ahead in business, and yet Jesus says that the truth will set you free, even though it may not make you rich. The world tells you to look out for yourself. Jesus tells you to look out for the good of others. The world says to hold on to all the power at all costs and protect people who look like you. And Jesus says, give your money to the poor and serve your neighbor, neighbor, even if they're very different from you. We hope that when Philemon welcomed Onesimus back as a brother, that he showed the world how Jesus treats others who are different, yet are siblings in Christ. Now, have you ever come across someone who said um, they don't go to church anymore because uh, the church had did them wrong? I have, several times. So why do we hold on to it? Why do we hold on to the hurt from someone instead of asking for forgiveness or forgiving them? So what will it take? What will it take for us to forgive when we ask for forgiveness ourselves. Paul says this in Galatians. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor male or female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean that we have to stop being who we are, that doesn't mean that we give up certain roles in society or that we stop being men and women. It means that our relationships have changed, our attitudes have changed, our relationship as we see others have changed because now we are one in Christ. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, what will it take for us to forgive one another. What will it take to change? Lord, we ask your help through the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In this reflection moment, 
Uh, I have on there, what will it take for you to forgive? Um, do you like the, the purple up there? I, I did it myself. Is it? Uh, I did it late last night, and I didn't know it was going to be that purple. Wow, it looks bigger. Maybe I need to come in here and play with the computer and, and look what it's on the big screen. But what will it take for you to forgive? I think sometimes when we don't forgive, we actually are putting Christ back on the cross. Think about that. If we don't forgive, we're saying, okay, God, it's okay for you to forgive me of my sins, but if I don't forgive, I'm putting Christ back on the cross. Christ died to forgive us of all of our sins. His blood was a sacrifice. And if we cannot forgive... How in the world can God forgive us? So that's where, that's where we're at. What will it take? You know, for me, it takes time. My first year in seminary, we take an introductory class, um, counseling. And guess what we got to do? This is fun. You get to go back into your childhood and bring up all of the stuff so you could talk about it. Yay. I heard, yeah. Um, so Barb and Tom, or, or my friends, uh, they were at the last church I served, and, and we've been friends and talking. But I remember talking to you at your kitchen table about all the stuff that they made me go back and do after I'd already dealt with it. I'd already dealt with all this stuff, and guess what? I, then I had to take it all back and then reopen it again. To relive all of the hurt, all of the pain, and it took me a couple of years to get past that because I thought everything was good. But what I found out is that I hadn't forgiven those who, what was done to me in the past. I actually had to face that I had to forgive And you know what? Sometimes it comes up again. I'll be somewhere in the store and I'll think about something and I go, oh, that person, and then I realize I have to forgive again. Am I the only one that does that? Because I, I, I sometimes have to give, forgive the person over and over again. My father, who has since now has been dead since 2016, I keep forgiving him. It's something of learning something of time. It's asking God to forgive me as I forgive others. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious Lord, what will it take? It's not about people asking for forgiveness. We need to forgive, period. And to start again. To have a clean break. To start fresh. Because that's what happens every time we come to you and ask for forgiveness. We have a clean break. All the sins that are on the chalkboard are erased. All the sins that we carry have been thrown into the sea. Each day when we ask for forgiveness, we become new. And so, Lord, in order to be pure, we also need to share that forgiveness with others. Because if we don't, we will not be forgiven. So Lord, help us in our doubts. Help us when we haven't forgiven. Help us in seeking you in all things. And to help us. Because you are always there. So Lord, today we ask for forgiveness of our sins but we also ask you to forgive those who have sinned against us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Let's pray. Gracious Lord, because you live, we can face today. And through that, we need to live for you. So Lord, as we live here today, let us show the world who we love, who we worship, who we glorify, so that they may come to worship you as well. In Christ's name we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen.